This is the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Now, here's Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. Okay, let's bring in Kate Constable to settle this debate. You know Kate Constable, fill-in host across the BetQL network, does some fantastic handicapping as well. Follow her on Twitter and TikTok at Kate Constable. Kate, good morning. So settle this debate. Can I just show up in whenever as long as my girlfriend looks great or do I need to put some sort of effort into this? I mean, I might go against, I get Chelsea's point of like, guys can wear whatever they want. My brother used to wear sweatpants and cowboy boots to the bar in Minnesota, like odd choice. But his, his wife now is like, that is what got me back in the day. It's just that he didn't care. I'm like, okay, I don't need to hear all that. But yeah, you got a good point there. For a derby party though, Chelsea, I mean, uh, Jenks, you need like a, a, a pastel pink suit or like a light blue. Oh. Like freshen your suit game up a little bit. If you go straight, just like black normal suit, no, then don't wear it. But if you're going to like, you know, get a little, uh, a little fris- frisky with the suit collars and stuff and maybe a bow tie, then you enhance Catherine's look because as a couple, you two together look all put together and nice. Uh... And then people are like, wow, that Jenks and Catherine, they're really vibing here. Mm, I think yeah, but then what do you have to, also- if you have to stop at a gas station and you have to go in and be like, what the hell is this guy wearing? Where's he going? That's the worst is when you're super dressed up and you have to stop somewhere. You're in like an evening gown. You're like, yeah, can I get some flaming Hot Cheetos? <laughs> well, that's when the I cashier do have, like, I do have a tan linen suit I think would work. And then I can walk that. in and then get my flaming Hot Cheetos and say, a couple of shekels for the Cheetos, sir. Tip my cap and walk on out. That was a great idea. There you go. <laughs> There you go. Yeah. And the cashier's thinking like, this is the coolest guy ever. He's dressed up, ready to go to a party. And he's just housing hot Cheetos on the way. Like doesn't get any better than that. Right. (laughs) All right. So how are we going to pay for our hot Cheetos? Because we need some plays to make some money tonight. (laughs) Uh, Let's start in the NBA. Sixers Celtics. Big spread here as we have the Celtics laying ten and a half. Kate, I don't think that the Celtics are trustworthy enough to lay ten and a half. Am I wrong in this exact scenario? Because maybe it's a bounce back for the C's. I don't know. What do you think? No, you're not wrong at all. They're not trustworthy. Um, I'm not going to play the the side here. I think the right side would be to take Philly because they proved that they can not only keep this close without Embiid, but win without him. But the angle I'm going to take in this game is the Sixers team total under 25 and a half in the first quarter. And I know that's low, but the Celtics blue game one, because they didn't play any defense. I mean, Boston shot 70% in the first half. They only led by three at the break. So, I mean, if that's not kind of painting the picture of how poor they were on the defensive end, then not really sure what else does. And being Philly did win that game, they now have home court advantage. I don't think there's any way we see Joel Embiid in this game, even if he is cleared to play. But what we will see is a better defensive effort from the Celtics and from the start. All season, second best team in opponent field goal percentage and three-point percentage in the first quarter. The postseason, that's dropped down a little bit. They're around fifth in both of those categories. But, I mean, after the performance they had in that game one, they can't be happy with how they played defense um, and the turnovers that they had, all of that. I just think we see a much more put-together effort from the Celtics. But to your point, can we trust them long-term? I'm not sure. So I'm just going to isolate the first quarter and take the Sixers team total under in that one. Yesterday we were talking about trends, Kate. And, you know, you can go back forever when it comes to trends. And someone was trying to tell Chelsea on Twitter, which was ridiculous, like, there's a trend from 2012 you're not looking at. Like, that was freaking 
11 years ago. But when you go back to maybe last season, for example, and you talk about motivation and, and the pressure that that is applied to each team, when you look at the Celtics and how they sort of faltered in the NBA Finals, is there anything, or the Warriors in their championship pedigree, how much do you take sort of recent trends or recent playoff performance into account when you're handicapping these games? Yeah, I think I think you can a little bit if the teams have remained the same. For the most part, we're we're looking at the same Boston Celtics team. We're looking at the same Warriors team. So in those cases, I think you can certainly take trends from there. If you're talking about the Lakers and a trend from last season, I, I think you throw that out the window. Even if you're talking about a trend from earlier in this season before the trade deadline or the all-star break for a team like the Lakers, because they look drastically different now and they're a much better team where they are now. So kind of pick and choose your spots of what trends you're looking at and, you know, make sure that the, the personnel on these teams is similar to what it was when you're kind of backing these trends, if that makes sense at all. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's uh, go to another series where I feel like you have a good read on this one. Suns and Nuggets. The Nuggets have looked very, very good, but they've also played the first two games of the series at home. Does the calculus change when the series shifts back to Phoenix? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it totally does. The only thing that kind of deters me from thinking that in this series, though, is Chris Paul's injury. He's out for games three and four, will be reevaluated in a week with that groin injury. That's not good news, especially being Chris Paul and his history of injuries in the postseason. That type of injury can linger for a while. So I'm not sure we see Chris Paul back anytime soon. And what that means for the Suns is he's the leader. He's their floor general, yeah. not only, you know, running the offense and initiating that, but as far as being a vocal leader on the floor, I mean, Kevin Durant is not a vocal leader. He's never been that. Devin Booker, maybe a little bit, but still not a ton. What you're now going to get from Devin Booker is you're going to have to ask him to do even more than he's already doing. So now he's going to be the one to have to initiate the offense. He's also going to have to, you know, his scoring is going to have to remain where it's at. Likely means he'll need to play even more minutes. I'm not sure that's possible. He's pretty maxed out on minutes. Kevin Durant is as well. Uh, this is just not a good recipe for the Suns to have Chris Paul injured. Also means backup point guard campaign is going to play more. He's coming off of like a serious back injury that kept him out for quite some time. So he's not even all, all the way back in the flow. Um, he plays a lot faster than CP and much more erratic. So I'm not looking at anything um, – in terms of the, the side or the total in this game three, even game four. What I do like in this series, though, is Denver to win 4-1. I think the Suns either win this game three or they win game four, but Denver gives them a little gentleman's sweep and is on to the Western Conference final. You can get that at around plus 220, which is the lowest um, odds of, of any series price here, but I still think that's pretty good. So, Ken, I wanted to ask you about Denver because I feel like I keep saying this, and maybe I'm off, is is there something about the Nuggets that we don't appreciate because, I mean, certainly they have Nikola Jokic, but when you look at their roster, they don't have the star power necessary or the name record. Like, there's just nothing sexy about Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray versus Devin Booker and Kevin Durant or Jalen Brown or these big names or Jason Tatum, these big names that are on other teams that are still in the playoffs. Does that have something to do with it? Like, what is it about the Nuggets that we don't give enough credit towards? Yeah, I'm not sure what it is, Jenks, but I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's just because Nikola Jokic is just kind of a more personal, doesn't 
flash his stuff in the public eye as much as some of these other players. You know, he just wants to go out and play basketball. He's not worried about the rest of it. Uh, and maybe that's why. Maybe it's just because more so recency bias of names in the media over and over and over again. And as good as Nikola Jokic is, he's not always talked about. And that seems yeah. odd to me. But the Nuggets as a team, they're a deep team. And that's going to help them in this postseason. That's the issue with the Suns right now. And they're learning that pretty pretty well against this Denver team. But you have Jamal Murray. You have Michael Porter Jr. Aaron Gordon has been great, both offensively and defensively. You have Jeff Green. You know, you just have a ton of players that just go out there and play. They're not so worried about the flashiness or the stats or even, I mean, I just love Jokic walking into the arena before the game. He was he typically if he's dressed up, he's wearing like a nice put together suit, maybe something you could, uh, you know, take into account for the derby party this weekend. Jenks go off one of Jokic's looks. But James Harden, you had the the weird pants the other day, the wide legs, the feathers, like that type of stuff kind of just affects um, as consumers our image of these teams and stuff. So that probably is why the Nuggets don't get quite as much respect, but they're playing the best basketball of any team in the postseason right now. All right, we don't have much time, but I want to get your thoughts because Jenks and I were kind of rooting against the Warriors last night so we could get a better series prize. Right now, the Warriors <laughs> against the Lakers to win the series, now plus 145. Should we fire on it? I don't know. I don't know. I kind of like the Lakers here. I like the Lakers to get past the Warriors. I think it'll be in six or seven games, but the Lakers have, um, they've got it going on right now. The roster that they have right now after this trade deadline spreads the floor. It allows role players to get involved. LeBron James has been great at getting those other players involved. And if we see anything like we saw from Anthony Davis last night, this is going to be tough for the Warriors to uh, contain him and LeBron Especially, I mean, LeBron didn't even have that great of a game last night. So I'm not jumping on this yet, but I also won't fault you guys if you do because it is the Golden State Warriors. She is one of the great women who do fantastic work across the BetQL network as we celebrate Women of Wagertainment Wednesday. It is our friend Kate Comptable. Kate, we always appreciate the time. Thank you. Thanks, guys. For more, listen to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BeckQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.